Welcome to Dice with Death, where anyone could die with a roll of the dice. I'm your direct messenger, Ollie Bateman, and joining me for this week's how-to episode is the one and only Daddy Parrot himself, Mr. Jamie Powis. Hi, again, happy not to do a rhyme. That's always good. <laughs> we love starting these little episodes that aren't campaign episodes with a rhyme. I would like to say before we get into this episode, if you haven't, go to patreon.com forward slash dicedeathpod. Just go there. See what's over there. Maybe donate us some money. We'll talk more about that at the end of the episode. But what we're here for is we've noticed that a lot of you listening, this is like your first experience of Dungeons and Dragons. So we wanted to like put a simple guide together, almost like a how to listen to a Dungeons and Dragons podcast episode. So you can be like caught up on the story and understand how the mechanics of this game that we love so much work. Jamie's going to start for us with um, some role play, explaining some role play things. Yeah, so Dungeons and Dragons is a role play game. Uh, and we ooh, and we all work and we all live in this world that's created by someone called the Dungeon Master or Game Master. That's Ollie. Uh, the game has rules, and sometimes we bend the rules a little bit, and we call that homebrew. Uh, so, yeah, these are our kind of homebrew rules that are kind of legitimately everywhere, and everyone uses them, but, you know. Each player is a character. And each character has a race and a class. And each class gives you different skills and abilities. Jamie, uh, enlighten us. Ark, what is his class and what is his race? Who are you playing on Dice With Death right now? So Ark is an Aarakocra, so he's a bird person, which means that um, he can fly. And he's a cleric, uh, which means that he kind of harnesses the, the powers of the gods. So he has spells from his gods. And he also has really good wisdom. And he's really good at messing up the undead. That's his big strengths. Um, Ollie, you play in our kind of home games. You play a monk. So what's a monk all about? Yeah, so I I play a human variant monk specifically. Um, I've always played humans. I don't know why. I just prefer playing humans and especially the variant type because you get certain abilities that you can add that other humans don't. But a monk, as, as we've described before, a kind of glass cannon, as it were, does huge amounts of damage when it can get in really close, but needs needs bolstering in the constitution stat block really a lot to keep them from falling down but yeah I, I play a way of the sun soul monk so i'm essentially i'm living out my dragon ball z kind of goku <laughs> fantasy of like harnessing all the power from the sun and the energy around me and being this like cool martial arts kind of ninja focused quarter staff wielding guy um but dungeons and dragons is full of so many different races and classes for you to pair up put together and really have some fun with like before i even started this campaign jamie amy and adam had to sit down with me and roll some dice and determine the stats for their characters now these roles influenced six main stat blocks including strength dexterity constitution intelligence wisdom and charisma they are the skills that their character needs to navigate this world in and out of combat. These dice rolls essentially become 
overall stat block scores and that overall score determines a modifier for that particular score that's the number that they plus or minus to a roll that that character has these modifiers level up along with the character once they reach certain levels meaning that the probability of them succeeding at a much more difficult task increases but is never guaranteed so below the six core stat blocks are additional skills that a character can do there are 18 official skills in total, including perception, history, stealth, athletics, investigation, and loads more. The modifiers are determined from your six core stat blocks, uh, and they bolster or diminish how good you are at a particular skill. So if a character wants to perform a particular task like climbing a jagged rock wall, they'd ask to make an athletics check, and that player will roll their d20 and then add their modifier to that roll for an overall skill check uh, to see how well they did. Uh, you might have heard Jamie say D20, and some of you might be thinking, what the hell is a D20? It's the most important die in the game, and it's called a D20 because it has 20 sides to it, meaning that you can naturally roll as high as the number 20 and as low as the number 1. It's a very special dice for tabletop RPG games. So... This is the dice that we use to determine all our skill checks. Saving throws, attacks, uh, other skill checks, but you plus or minus your modifiers to the number rolled to decide the outcome. For instance, if I was making a perception check to see if I could spot any enemies, like watching a camp in the woods as we settle down for the night, I would say to the DM, I'd like to make a perception check, please. They'd tell me to roll a d20. Let's say I get a score of 14 on that dice. Then I'd add my modifier, which let's say happens to be a 2. My total score would be 16, meaning, if the DM is nice to me, that I might have spotted that goblin rogue approaching our camp through the bushes to assassinate us. Now, there are other core dies that you can roll within this game, including a D4, D6, D8, D10, and D12. And these, depending on the specifics of your character's equipment and attacks, decide the amount of damage done to an enemy or a foe. Jamie, you're going to take us through the most exciting bit of a d20 now, which is very, very fun. It's the nat 20 or the nat 1. So rolling a nat 1, sorry, natural 1, equals a critical failure. So it cancels out any modifier you have, and it brings die consequences to your failed actions. So say Titus is holding a boulder over his head, and he wants to throw that boulder out into a field. Rolling a critical failure or a nat 1 might mean that said boulder falls uh, from his hands and kills him. Rolling a nat 20 equals a critical success, meaning that you overachieve at the task at hand. Out of combat, this could mean you discover a plot-changing piece of information, reveal more information about a character, enemy or situation you find yourself in, or succeed in an impossible task. And then during combat, it means you do a lot more damage, potentially slaying your foes quicker and more effectively. Now, combat combat is huge in D&D. It's not just about the role play and the situations you find yourself in. We like to fight, especially in Dice with Death. It's called Dice with Death for a reason. But when you enter combat, everything goes into bullet time. Am I right in saying, Jamie, that every like action or round lasts about six seconds? Absolutely. Everyone rolls a D20 to pick the order that they attack in. This is what we call initiative. It's the first thing that you do when you get into combat. It's to decide who goes first, second, third, fourth, and so on. If you want to attack, you roll a d20. If you roll high enough, you will hit your enemy, and then you roll that damage. For example, Ark. Yes. You're stood in front of, I don't know, let's say 
let's say your favoured enemy right now, a Gith Yankee. A Gith Yankee has walked up to you at Stadia Concretia. We're on the champion games and they want to fight you. They draw their sword and they lunge towards you. You have rolled first in your initiative, so you are going to get to go first. What is it that you'd like to do? I'm going to hit him with my, my sword, please. Brilliant. So, Ark has readied his sword. Jamie has pulled out his D20, and he's going to roll to try and hit that Gith Yankee's armor class or AC. Uh, I rolled a 15 plus my modifier, which is 5, uh, so that's 20. That's 20. Now, that's not a nat 20. That is a modded 20 for everybody listening at <laughs> home. But that means that Ark, Jamie's character, has hit this Gith Yankee successfully. Ark, roll me some damage. Not rolled very well. Uh, that's four damage. Four damage on a modded 20 towards this Gith Yankee. Amazingly, even with four damage, you slit this Gith Yankee's throat and uh, green, puscular blood goes everywhere and you have defeated your foe. Thank you. Love it. When everyone has had an action, that's the end of the round and the order starts again. So Jamie goes, then Amy goes, then Adam goes. Maybe some enemies go in between depending on the initiative that they've rolled. But that is essentially how combat works within Dungeons & Dragons. So if you're a brand new player listening to a Dungeons & Dragons podcast like ours, we really hope that this has helped you understand the base level mechanics that go into playing this wonderful game. If you'd like to donate some money to this podcast, then head to patreon.com forward slash dice death pod. Huge, massive shout out from me, Jamie, Amy and Adam to everybody who has donated so far. I think we've got a couple of Americans, some Canadians, like you're all international and we all love you for it. So thank you. You can follow us on social media at dice death pod and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And when you do leave us a five star review, please, because it actually really does help us out. You know, when I say that, I don't think people like really understand how much it actually helps. <laughs> but a five-star review literally pushes you up in terms of the um, the podcast charts and ladder. So please, if you like this podcast, leave us a five-star review. We'll see you next time where we return to Stadia Concretia in the aftermath of the Planewalker battle with Ark, Titus and Vixen in another episode of Dice with Death. Say bye, Jamie. Bye. Bye.